Hello, welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge that makes a difference. We share trusted insights, forward-looking perspectives, and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lazada Insider, and I'm your host Katrina from Lazada. Today, we'll be talking about one of Southeast Asia's most pressing environmental issue, which is plastic waste, and how making sustainable packaging solutions more easily accessible can be one of the solutions to help this region turn the tide. Very happy to welcome the Green Queen Sonali Figueras to Lazada Insider. Sonali is a serial entrepreneur, and she's the founder and editor in chief of Green Queen Media. And also, she's the founder and CEO of SourceGreen.co. So, first of all, Sonali, thank you for joining us today. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent.、Um, I mean, you certainly have a very impressive entrepreneurship background、uh, in the sustainability field. And and to be honest, I think my introduction really couldn't do justice to all the great work you've done. So, please tell us a bit more about you. And I'm very curious to know what actually inspired you to be in the industry of sustainable packaging. Sure.、Um, well, I have been in the supply chain industry for a long time,、um, and I've. Always with an eye to making、uh, information, products, and solutions more accessible to businesses and people and consumers, so that we could basically decarbonize our world and fight what I consider to be the greatest crisis of our time, which is the climate emergency. So everything I do is related to really fighting climate change, and.、Um, What happened with the packaging is so in my in my other business, Eco Warehouse, which is an organic sourcing platform, we had actually had sustainable packaging on there many many years ago when we first launched, and we felt that packaging was going to be an area that was going to be disrupted, and that plastic was going to need to be removed from supply chains.、Um, so we had actually featured compostable and.、Um, You know, degradable, naturally degradable packaging a long time ago, but we were too early.、Um, the market just wasn't there. The demand wasn't there. There were a few people that wanted to talk to those suppliers, but really, that business ended up really focused on organic food and ingredients. A couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to transition from a a matching platform model to more of an e-commerce、um, situation, so allowing businesses to really source. Online, I was looking to kind of transition Eco Warehouse to that model, and throughout that time, it became really obvious that food had a ton of solutions and a ton of interest and a ton of money, but packaging did not. And basically,、um, there was this huge other crisis.、Um, you know, the UN calls the plastic waste crisis. Um, on par with the climate crisis. That's how serious they find it to be, and yet we felt that there just weren't enough businesses and solutions that were focused on helping businesses de-plastic, you know, quit plastic. And so my my co-founder and I decided, you know what? Instead of doing all lines, let's go deep on packaging. And so a year ago. We raised a little bit of a pre-seed, and then we launched. And 
it's just been a ride ever since. I mean, you mentioned uh, about different types of sustainable packaging um, in, you know, when you describe your stories. And we actually hear the term sustainable packaging or green packaging quite a lot, really. Um, and it comes in many forms and shapes. And it seems like our options are increasing also by the day. So um, I would love to know, in your opinion, what is truly sustainable packaging by your definition? That's a great question. And certainly you could ask 10 people that question and you'd get 10 different answers. For us, we've taken a very um, strong stance. Um, for me, packaging, let's remember what it's for. It's for transport, it's for protection, um, and it's for efficiency. It allows you to carry things, right? And a whole amount a large percentage of the packaging of goods is very, very short time packaging, meaning that we're using up all these resources and we're spending money and we're creating these packaging items to package goods. But really the packaging is not the goal, right? The goal is to get that product to an end party consumer or business. And so for us, what we're trying to do is move the industry to a place where sustainable packaging means waste-based, it means renewable, it means naturally de degradable at the end of a life. So it could be certified home compostable in some countries, but packaging should not require virgin resources to, to use. It should be, it should work for what it needs to work. Um, for and it should have an end of life that is responsible. And finally, and this is something that no one else is talking about, it should be harmless. It should not be releasing toxic gases or ingredients into waterways, waste streams, or air. And throughout my long career in sustainability, one of the things I've always found is that a lot of folks are very siloed in their solutions. It's like they're solving for environment or they're solving for ethics or they're solving for health. And I'm not sure that these solutions can work at scale without bringing up new issues if we're not looking at all the things. I love how you really view this issue from a holistic perspective. And uh, I think you also mentioned that, you know, there have been quite some involvement when it comes to the readiness of consumers and sellers and brands. So uh, maybe you can help shed some light if you look at Southeast Asia specifically. Have you observed any changes in terms of the attitudes, the behaviors of both the consumers and also the brands and sellers when it comes to the use of sustainable packaging materials? Absolutely. Um, I think that is such an important topic to talk about because Southeast Asia plays a very important role on the global stage when we talk about plastic pollution and plastic waste, right? The reality is that because of the market forces for globalization and because of post-colonialism and neoliberal capitalism, the richer countries, often in the global north, have ended up with stronger regulation and much more resources to be able to have standards for waste infrastructure. Whereas in Asia and Africa and Latin America, those standards and regulations are just, they're either lacking or they're poor or they're poorly enforced because of 
the stage of development that that country's economy is in, right? But a lot of times, a lot of the waste when examined is from corporations that are owned in the global north and in the west. And so at the end of the day, if you subscribe to an idea of end producer responsibility, which we shorthand in the industry as EPR, and the idea that if I make a product, I'm responsible for where it ends up and who it harms, right? Including the environment and marine animals and 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 waterways, right? Then you look at things completely differently. But from a consumer point of view, young Southeast Asian consumers are 100% aware of the climate crisis and the plastic crisis, and they are fighting back in their own way. Um, you know, one of my favorite startups is this Indonesian startup called Cyclus, where they ride around on a van and they bring you household um, products like cleaning products and 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 shampoos and conditioners in reusable kind of refillable packs. And you can just refill all your products without having to use new packaging. And that's happening in Indonesia, you know, um, where, you know, you might argue, oh, well, you know, the GDP per capita wouldn't make you think that a zero waste kind of refillable business model would be popular, but it is. I think for me, Gen Z is such an interesting study because unlike previous generations, Gen Z is very uniform in its values, no matter which country you're in, in the sense of, you know, um, wanting lives to have meaning, careers with purpose, calling out lies and greenwashing, being extremely affected and motivated by the climate crisis. Um, we often see they participate greatly in the sharing economy. Um, they, they, they like to own less than their, than previous generations. They tend to have a, an attitude towards eating that is more flexitarian, more kind of, Hey, how can I, you know, eat better for the planet? So, so that's, that's what I see. Thank you for highlighting, you know, the higher awareness among especially the Gen Z consumers and they came up with innovations and solutions to try to solve the problem. And, and I guess sourcegreen.co, the, the platform that you launched, uh, in 2021 is also one of the ways, probably in bigger scale, definitely, um, to solve this problem. And, and as of today, it is one of the leading sustainable packaging marketplace. Um, so maybe you can tell us more about it and what are your main objectives uh, for starting the company? Sure. We launched last year with the thesis that we, if we created a self-serve online marketplace where a brand could go on and just connect with a supplier and basically get a quote and, and, and buy what they needed, you know, that would be the best way to kind of accelerate change. But what we found is that buyers ended up always coming back to us and wanted more input. They were confused about certifications, about materials. They didn't always understood, understand what they needed. They didn't always know what was available on the market in terms of plastic-free there is very little global regulation in packaging and 
we also felt as we kept going that there was just rampant greenwashing just all the time. And then the other thing we really felt was people really didn't understand the health cost. Mm-hmm. One of my pet peeves, you know, as green queen and as working in this industry and in many different areas of the industry for so long is we just, we don't do the right maths. We don't have the right data and we're not looking at the right information. Mm-hmm. So we're making decisions that are limited in scope because we're essentially driving blind a lot of the time. And so mm-hmm. we decided to create the world's first packaging impact calculator. And our whole thesis is that we go way beyond carbon emissions because right now it's really popular to start doing carbon labeling and there's so many players in this space now that are creating, you know, some version of a carbon calculator. And that's great. Carbon is a hugely important metric, but in packaging, it really doesn't tell the whole story. It does not tell the story of the pollution that that the packaging causes, the waste that the packaging causes, the links to infertility or other health issues, you know, the microplastic residue, the and 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 we really wanted to help people visualize that mm-hmm. if they choose plastic or recycled plastic, that in 90% of cases or in 85% of cases, that plastic will end up non-recycled. And then mm-hmm. we wanted to show people how much of that goes to landfill, how much of that ends up you know, just in the environment, how much of that is incinerated and incineration comes with a huge health cost because burning plastic is a dirty business from a toxins Mm -hmm. point of view. So that has air pollution ramifications. And so we have been building this tool for the last few months. It's very early, right? But if I'm honest with you, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life is do better math for the climate. Um, And, you know, if we get this right, we could potentially use it for materials and textiles. We could do this much more broadly, but no one is pricing in the health cost and the waste cost. And those are externalities that have a huge effect on the bottom line. And if we were to price them in, I don't think the plastic would be the cheapest option. You have so many... Um, packagings listed on your uh, website. And uh, you were mentioning this new innovation that you came up with, uh, an impact calculator. But, but how do you, uh, how are you able to actually calculate the impact for, you know, all these like, you know, different selections of uh, packaging materials that are listed on your on your site? So it's really, really difficult, but that's the whole, that's the whole question and that's the whole complexity, Right. It, once mm-hmm. we get that right, then we really can fly. Um, and it's it, it's all about kind of doing a ton of research and really understanding um, where the data is, what studies have been done, how to create the correlation. I mean, it's an art more than a science, right? I mean, all algorithms and, and data extrapolation to some extent it, is an art. You know, it, it has bias in it and it, it has you know, an agenda behind it. In our case, we really want to show the transparency. So we're not able to, what we, what we do is we limit it by packaging item. So for example, a garment Mm -hmm. bag or a pouch. So we've picked the most popular plastic packaging items that we can find. And we've focused on those. 
And then the idea is as we grow and get more resources, we can then do every packaging. I really admire your passion um, and your approach when it comes to this. Um, my next question is my personal favorite. And I'm just wondering for you, as a sustainability expert, um, what has been your favorite innovation in sustainable packaging in 2022? Um, that's a tough question, but I think what I find the most exciting are companies that are using waste and creating 100% bio-based solutions that are, you know, great because they use up waste and great because they're 100% bio-based, so they easily degrade, right? Um, so people that are using kind of crustacean shell waste to create alternatives to uh, polystyrene, EPS foam. Um, similarly, you can use mycelium and hemp waste to create uh, uh, um, packaging also that is completely degradable and bio-based. Um, there's a lot going on in algae when it comes to films. Um, nothing is fully scalable yet, but there are some really mm -hmm. fun, interesting players there in terms of creating coatings that are plastic-free or or films that can be used for food uh, food preparation that are plastic-free. Um, I think there's also design. So there's companies that are creating new types of coffee cups that don't require lids, for example, like the good cup is this new cup that's doing that. Um, so, so I think what's really interesting is that you can, you can innovate and you can create solutions from different angles. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and what, when it comes to actually the adoption of sustainable packaging uh, and through our understanding with our sellers as well, um, there are certain challenges they're facing. And the top two challenges are, A, um, they're concerned about leakage or damage during the shipment, and B, they believe that sustainable packaging are more expensive. So um how would you actually address those challenges if you were to encourage or to convince the online sellers to use alternative solutions here? That's a really good question. I think one of part two we've sort of covered, which is um, essentially that, yes, I, I won't lie and I won't pretend that sustainable packaging is not more expensive. Um, that's reality um, for various reasons. Um, obviously the biggest reason is that I don't think that single use plastic packaging is priced appropriately. It is certainly not priced with environmental costs and health costs in mind. Um, so it will take buy-in from management to some extent, um, to, to make changes. But I think that as companies are motivated more and more to be more transparent about their ESG goals and their net zero goals and plans. Decarbonizing your packaging is part of that, right? So I think you can either choose to kind of start looking at this now and be a pioneer and be a brand that your customers respect and think, wow, even before they absolutely had to, they were looking at this and thinking about this. Or you can just wait for regulation, which is coming, 
and is already happening mm-hmm. all over the world. There are single-use plastic yeah. bans in India, in China, in Europe, in many U.S. states. There are EPR, EPR laws happening already in certain states and in the EU and in the U.K., um, and to some extent happening in Australia. Um, so more of this is coming, right? Regulation is coming. Um, and you'll have to change anyway. And by then it will probably be more complicated. So the earlier you can mm-hmm. start looking at that for your business, the better. Um, who are the customers of your future? Likely to be Gen Z. And they are likely to reject your brand if it has plastic packaging. So this could be a business decision in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, if you wanted to be really cynical, it's a marketing decision. Do, do you think that in the future, uh, with the scale of sustainable packaging, um, the cost could potentially be reduced? Absolutely. I, I, I definitely think that. A lot of the solutions are very new and very uh, you know, early stage and there's no doubt, and they've already come down so much and they will continue to come down. So there's a lot to be, you know, hope for in terms of cost reduction at scale, as you say. Um, but also I do believe that regulation will make, uh, you know, incumbent packaging solutions more expensive. And, and last, but definitely not the least, uh, you share about the impact calculator that, uh, you know, sourcegreen.co is going to launch. Are there any other new product features that we should look forward to? Absolutely. So from now, what we've done is we've, we've, not, we've, we've moved from being a self-serve marketplace to being a sourcing platform. So we just have a catalog of products and you can just come to us and let us know what you need, put out your inquiry, and we'll work with you directly on the orders. So you don't have that extra layer. So we really can help you um, in terms of uh, the full experience rather than coming to us, finding a supplier and going to someone else. We realized that a lot of um, a lot of people just really, really wanted us to have that, that hand in terms of being involved and helping and, and, and really helping them compare options and also helping to, you know, play around with price and supply. I really appreciate your great sharing, Sonali, and uh, it's really lovely speaking with you. And uh, thank you so much for joining Lazada Insider. Thank you so much for having me. This is Lazada Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. Lazada.